Welcome to Tesseract Podcast, where we unlock your power to innovate. Hi, my name is Matt, and I'm going to be your host today. We sat down with Sridhar Chandra, an absolute expert in the theory of constraints. He has been a partner at Goldrack Consulting for the last nine years and has been working with Tesseract the last couple of years, implementing TOC efforts across the entire logistics enterprise. Today in our episode, we're going to learn about, well, what's the goal? What are constraints? What are bottlenecks? And we're going to talk through the five focusing steps of TOC. All right, here we go. All right, Sridhar. Hey, Matt. All right. No. Let's do it. Well, give me a st- one second. One yeah, second. One second. Take your time. Yeah. When people hear the theory of constraints, they initially think of the goal, whether that's you know the novel or the concept. What is the goal of an organization? Oh, that's a great uh, question, Matt. If you think about it, uh, the goal was written for a, a manufacturing company. And if you in the commercial world, it's reasonably straightforward when you think about a goal. It's either financial goals or product goals or visions. But it becomes tricky when it comes to an organization like the Air Force because uh, the goal is a lot bigger than that you're protecting our freedom our way of life things that we strongly value uh, protecting our country but in more concrete terms at least the way i have internalized it for the air force is i think of readiness as being uh, a more concrete goal for the air force now readiness can be broken into asset readiness whether it's aircraft or ships or equipment or manpower readiness, whether it's crews or maintainers, or, or it can be supply and logistics readiness with parts and other logistical support systems. So, but to me, readiness for any uh, eventual uh, you know distru- disturbance is what I would think of the goal for Air Force at least. That's the way at least I I simplified it. Maybe it's too simplistic, but that's how I think about it. Yeah. What would you say the goal of uh, a company would be like so in the case of the goal right in in the book the goal um what would you say the goal was for uh you know for those individuals in the book yeah in the book at least um it was a you know there is a there was a lot of confusion in the beginning until jonah clarifies that the goal is just to make money mm-hmm. and he made it uh, pretty straightforward. At least it forced everybody to start thinking in terms of, okay, we are here to make money and everything else has to support that uh, and so on. Of course, you know, working smartly and so on. Um, in in When we work with other companies, we try to emphasize that and distill it down into, okay, we have to make money. What does that mean in terms of top line, bottom line? Or what does that mean in terms of throughput? or what do they need to produce in order to make those numbers. So we go one, we take from one goal, which is most of the time being enough profitable in now as well as in the future. And then we break it down as what does now mean and what does future mean and come up with two or three metrics that will kind of represent the goal. Like mm-hmm. I'll give you an example, a company like Medtronic, they said their goal is to reduce chronic pain. Okay, for people, they, they, they specialize. But now 
if you translate that down, what does that mean in terms of how many, you know, what products they will produce and where they will go, which markets, that's kind of the next level distillation of the goal. I hope I was able to come closer to what you're asking. No, you nailed it. Yeah. And uh, I just wanted to take it from a couple of different perspectives and, and, and not just the, the military lens. Uh, I think one, a great uh, quote from the goal here, you know, what is the real goal? Nobody here has even asked anything that basic, right? Yeah. So in, in the words of, of Dr. Goldratt, um, yeah, I think it, it, it doesn't have to be complex. You know, yeah. uh, complex problems don't require complex solutions. That's right. That's absolutely right. Yeah. So what prevents an organization from achieving the goal? When we ask this question, of course, after the initial discussion of what is the goal and, you know, most of the times we hear the answer is, oh, it is not enough resources or we don't have enough cash or budgets or we don't have enough capacity or time to meet our goals. And yeah, that they may all be true, but what we find from practically implementing the goal is that most of the time it's the lack of alignment of all the different subsystems or departments or people to the goal. And when you have lack of alignment, each department starts focusing, uh, the focus goes away. Now people do many, many things. And as a result, you end up wasting a lot of capacity, time, and effort. And everything appears to be the constraint but to us, what it is symptomatic of an organization that's not aligned. If you, if you, and, and as in the goal and in other teachings from Dr. Goldratt said, if you are aligned, if everybody in the organization is aligned to the goal, then there can be only one constraint. But if you are not aligned, every other thing will appear to look like a constraint or a bottleneck, uh, depending on how you think about it. So. The clarity that goal brings is once you have the goal, everybody agrees to it, and now everybody knows what is their role to meet the goal, all of a sudden you expose a lot of waste, and that allows you to truly identify where the constraint might be. So I hope it, it gives some clarity on that, at least the way that's the way I process it in, in, my, in my many years of working on this uh, topic. No, it's great. And... Have you ever been to a company where they said, hey, we have enough resources, we have enough time, yeah. we have enough people, we have enough, you know, whatever it is, um, companies, organizations um, never have enough. Yeah. And we can talk about exploiting opportunities, right? And we yeah. can talk about, um, you know, hey, what do we have and how can we optimize um, our operation you know, through a thought process. And uh, you, you mentioned constraints. And let's talk a little bit more about constraints. How would you define a constraint or a bottleneck? That's a, that's another question that is not, um, it's, it's, it's a question that is often asked and, and there's some reason for confusion. The way we think about it is the constraint is something whose, Who's, which is not possible to replicate quickly. In order to increase the capacity of the constraints, it's not easy. Okay, it's not something that is cheap or it's easy to do. Whereas bottleneck is something that 
may have peaks and valleys, at that instant, it may look like the limiting factor, but in the it is not the uh, overall uh, limiting factor for the throughput or the goal. Right? There are times we feel that there's too much to do, but we may not be the constraint. It just be the ebbs and flows of workload that happens. And what we do see is that if the goal is clear, is everybody is aligned, then you improve the flow through the system, the true constraint will emerge. And that's when you go and start, you know, you will know that this is our capacity. This is the best we can do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Awesome. Why does Goldrat condemn placing emphasis on the efficiency of non-constraints? Yeah, so that is a, a very insightful question. Let me give you two different ways of thinking about it. Not only does Goldrat, Dr. Goldrat say it's um, wasteful focusing on efficiency of non-constraints, it's actually harmful. So let me go to the harmful part of it first. Let's take a very simple example. Let's say I have two departments, A and B. They have to produce their individual things and they give it to a department C who puts it together and produces the final uh, output. Okay. Now I have five orders or five taskers or five things I have to complete. One, two, three, four, and five. Let's say department A looks inward and says the best efficiency for me is to produce in the order 1, 2, 3, 4, and 5. At the same time, department B looks inside and says, hey, the, my best efficiency will happen if I produce 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Each of the department produced great ef work efficiently, but the output still struggled because until you have both of one, you cannot produce the final output. This is an example where two departments worked with high efficiency, but the overall organization suffered because it didn't get what to produce to make the end goal meet. So that's an example where, and this is very common, Matt. You, we see this all the time. Every department has their own metrics and they say awesome, but at the end of the day, the output doesn't seem to uh, pan out. In fact, sometimes we have seen in the real world where one department produces amazing numbers that only cost waste or lo lost capacity or unnecessary work downstream. Okay. The other more uh, example is if you think of an organization as a chain, uh, strengthening, uh, uh, you know, making a chain strong, a uh, strong link even stronger is just waste, right? It's just wasting uh, things. So it's a waste of money, waste of time, waste of effort. It's, you know, it may or may not be harmful, but in many cases it turns out to be harmful. And that's why Dr. Goldratt right from the get-go said abolish all locus efficiency the only thing that matters is moving towards the goal. Yeah. And that's where we dip into the delineation between CPI and TOC and Sig Sigma and those different um, models and philosophies. Knowing when to use a CPI or a Sig Sigma project and then knowing when to implement, you know, theory of constraints you know, is important, you know, to everything that you just said. Yeah, that's absolutely right. In fact, the best quote I've heard with that is uh, from Gil West. He was the ex-COO of Delta, just retired. He, in one of his videos, talked about how he thinks TOC is the strategic application of the company strategy 
and how that drives all the other pieces of innovation. He he completely ad- absorbs all the tools in the toolbox, but the way it, it is driven by a focusing mechanism from TOC, which then allows you to use the right toolbox at the right time. So that that's the way I think of it also. Use TOC very strategically, and then based on the constraints and flow, apply any tool that you want. We, uh, to, we should be tool agnostic at that point. Whatever works mm-hmm. should be. It might be automation. It might be anything else. Simple stuff that might help us. But yeah. And constraints breed innovation. Yeah. So speaking of um, getting through constraints, what is throughput? Oh. So actually, Dr. Goldrad had a very elegant explanation of productivity and throughput. What he simply said was any action that gets you closer to the goal is a productive action. Productivity is any action that gets you closer to the goal. Any action that does not get closer to the goal is not a productive action. And then you keep it that way, throughput is simply a measurable output of your goal. So if you are productive, which means you're closer to the goal and you make an end output, then you're, you're being, that's throughput. So it can be widgets, it can be end products, it can be ideas, it can be problem, sol- problem solutions. But once the goal is clear, how you measure that goal at the end, not the, not the individual pieces of the puzzle, but the end product is the throughput. And any action that brings you closer to the goal or throughput is productive action. I find that very elegantly simple because it's clear delineation. Have you done something that brings you closer to the goal? Then you have been a, you have had a productive day. If you've not, then well, that's what it is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so with all that being said, talking about throughput, constraints, bottlenecks, what is the theory of constraints and what are the five focusing steps? Oh, so theory of constraints is, I think of it like a management method, a management system that helps operations to perform at a very high level of excellence, whatever their goal might be. Now, once you understand the goal and if you get the alignment on the goal, what TOC says that if you think of an organization of as a system, there can be only the one weakest link. So you have to identify your constraint first. So that's the step one of TOC for five focusing steps, which is identify the constraints. Now, this is incredibly powerful because as managers and leaders, we have limited bandwidth. Knowing where the true constraint is is very refreshing because all of the all of a sudden, the rest become distractions and noise. You can start focusing on the constraint. Imagine the power that it can give to a leader or a manager. Now, once you know your constraint, once you have identified it, then it becomes very obviously simple that you need to maximize the output from the constraint. So we call it exploit the constraint, which is step two. And the idea behind exploitation is to make sure the constraint is always productive. Remember our definition of productive. It's not spreading and and wasting its capacity. It's not doing a non-value added work, it's following the right priorities, it's focused on meeting the goal. So that's all these actions is called exploitation actions, which is ensuring you get the maximum out of your constraint, whatever that might be. The third step, which is perhaps the hardest step, is to subordinate everyone else to the constraint. The constraint is straightforward, you keep working. Now, I have to have the rest of the organization to, to make sure if I am feeding the constraint, 
then my job is to feed the right things to the constraint, no more, no less. If I'm beyond the constraint, my job is to just make sure whatever the constraint produces is now turned into throughput, no more, no less. So subordinating everything to the constraint is the third step in TOC and perhaps the most important step because that is the one that involves the alignment of everybody to the goal and the constraint. Now, once you have done all this, your organization should be humming pretty well. It should be performing at a high level of performance. However, that may not be enough as a goal because the goal can change and you're always striving for bigger and better things. So now, if you further want to improve the performance, now is the time to elevate the constraint, which is step four, which is applying CPIs or tools or even investing money on the constraint. Um, people make this mistake of jumping very quickly to elevating the constraint without using the existing capacity well. But uh, let's assume we exploited it well. At step four, you elevate the constraint. Now, when you do that, what it says is the constraint will obviously move inside the company, outside the company. So step five is don't let inertia stop you. Go back to step one, identify the next constraint. So that's kind of the TOC model of performance improvement. Uh, that's the five focusing steps. Yeah. Beautifully said, Sridhar. Beautifully you. said. Yeah. Now, where does one start? Like, how do you how do you start this process? Like, how do you how do you take your you know whether it's in a, an Air Force unit or a company, a startup? What's your first step when? taking this methodology and then embracing it? So regardless of where you start, obviously you want to start as holistically as possible, but sometimes you may not have the opportunity to you know, influence at the highest level. But wherever an opportunity as a leader, you may, or you may manage an organization or a sub-department, it's important to understand the goal of that in the broader context. And that's a t tough one, Matt. I wish I could tell you you can easily get it. Mm -hmm. uh, so, But spending the time agonizing over what is my goal is an important question to answer. What does good look like? You know, Once you have that, once you're re reasonably clear on the goal, then the next step is if your constraint is very obvious, now you apply the five focusing step, bring your team together, collectively apply the five focusing steps, and you will see immediate jumps in performance. Now, many times it's not very obvious where the constraint is, right? Because it may be all over the place, jumping around. In which case, what we say is, okay, let's reduce the noise level, water level, by improving the flow. So we what is your identify what is your input, what is your output, and how does your work flow through the system? Once you improve the flow by you know standard techniques like removing waste or removing reducing whip then you can go to, then the constraint will emerge, then you go back to the five focusing steps and keep doing this. So it depends on uh, situation. If the constraint is clear, apply the five focusing step. If it's not clear, improve the flow first and then apply the five focusing step. This simple model seems to work in most cases. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Institutionally, oh, we've seen it work at Delta Airlines, you know, you know, looking at Lufthansa, looking at Alaska Airlines, uh, between their maintenance and, and logistics operations, uh, they've embraced TOC 
institutionally, it has shown results that are increasing aircraft readiness. And just because it is not at the Air Force level, right, right, just because the entire Air Force isn't implementing TOC at this moment doesn't mean that someone should stop implementing it at their shop, uh, at the squadron, you know, at the group or the wing, um, because every little bit matters, right? And, and the results have shown that and have proved that. And uh, thanks to your hard work and to, uh, um, you know, helping, you know, the Tesseract team and the rest of the Air Force uh, embrace this methodology. Thank you, Matt. It's an honor to be working for the Air Force. It's for our country. So it's all fantastic. Yeah. Thanks for the opportunity. Well, I, I appreciate you, Sridhar. Um, thank you so much for, for coming on. Um, I hope to talk uh, again, right? And uh, maybe in our next podcast, we can talk about the vicious cycle. Maybe we can talk about whipboards a little bit and some of those tools that we can use to um, implement into workplaces so they can continue to grow the theory of constraints and its application um, at the ground level. For sure, Matt. Looking forward to it. Thank you for this time. Appreciate it, Trudart. Thank you again for listening to Tesseract Podcast. Make sure you follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and connect with us on LinkedIn. Any references to trademarked, copyrighted, or protected products or services such as books, movies, or businesses are used here for the limited purpose of education and professional development of Air Force Airmen. If you have any questions, please contact us at www.tesseractaf.com.